It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about your 401k, but it's actually about the mistakes you may make with your 401k. So joining me today is Dan Beck. He is the co-founder and CEO of 401go. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hi, Heather. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. I think most people by this point have heard of a 401k at the very least. And if they're employed with a larger company, they their employer is probably offering some sort of a retirement fund. But let's go into what are the mistakes I can make with my 401k? I would say first and foremost, mistake number one is that employees aren't using them. And that's especially true when the employer's generous enough to offer a match. So if your employer is, let's say, doing a 4% match and you need to contribute 4% of your salary in order to, to get that full match, then do whatever you possibly can to make sure that you're getting that full match. Because that's essentially uh, you know, an immediate 100% gain on, uh, on that invested income. Right. So just to give people an example of that, my employer, if I put in 3% of my gross income, so let's say I make $1,000 a month, that's $30. My employer is going to match that $30. So I wind up actually with $60 into my 401k account. Now I'm lucky they'll actually, if I put in 4%, they'll also match 4%. But anything over 4%, if I put in 10%, they're still only going to put in 4%. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the other, the other thing too, you know, a lot of people don't realize that with a 401k and this, this can also be very beneficial as they're getting closer to retirement. A lot of people, we don't think, you know, we were oftentimes not thinking about retirement until we're, you know, maybe in our 50s or something, and, and we've got some catching up to do. Um, and so the other thing, too, is with the 401k, they can, you know, each employee can put up to, you know, 19500 If they're over 50, um, they can do more. Um, and so it's it's certainly there um, to, to be utilized. And it's, it's you know, IRAs are another option, but the um, limits are much lower. Uh, so with a 401k, it's a great way to, you know, catch up if you're getting close to retirement and, and really need to do so. I like the catch up. Let's go into that a little bit. I actually have experienced that right after the crash we had in 2008. The company I worked for was like, and we're shutting down. I wasn't out of work, but I had like two or three different part-time jobs for several years before I could get a full-time job that offered the 401k benefits. So mm -hmm. I had nothing going into my fund for several years. Then I finally get full-time. I'm now trying to play catch-up from those four years that I had no money going into my yeah. account. Yeah, and that's, the, that's really what it comes down to is there's, there's a lot that goes into retirement planning. Um, and oftentimes... When somebody starts saving, they're, you know, 
$20 a month could be hard. But then once they start doing $20 a month, suddenly, you know, they can now do 25, they can do 30. And and this is what we see all the time with um, some 401ks. And I'd say actually the majority of them now um, have what's called auto enrollment. And essentially what that means is because for a lot of people, being wise with money, saving for retirement, it, it requires you know a great deal of action. It's it's something. It's a it's a proactive effort. But for a lot of people, they're busy working and and you know playing on the weekends as they should be and trying to just enjoy life. And we get it. And so if, if there's ways we can make saving for retirement easier to do with passive behaviors, then then let's do it. Uh, and so with a four hundred one k, a lot of employers opt to, to do auto enrollment, where essentially. Um, if the employee does nothing when they join uh, the, the 401k, then they're defaulted in at a certain savings rate. So 3%, 4%. And what we find oftentimes is employees aren't even aware of that when they, you know, they're auto enrolled. I've seen this firsthand where, you know, I had some employees that were making, you know, 12 to $15 an hour. And it was three months before they noticed that that that, that was coming out of their paycheck because it was a relatively small amount. And they were able to make do without it. And so, you know, a few months later, when they came and talked to me and they said, hey, what is this, uh, you know, what is this uh, 401 go line on our um, on our check? And where, where's this money going? And once I explained it to them, um, I expected them to opt out, but they didn't. Um, you know, there was a handful of, uh, of employees and they were kind of talking about this and they left um, that they left that deferral in there. So they were still saving at that default rate of uh, for us, it was three percent. And to me, that was exciting because I saw that employees that probably wouldn't be saving for retirement and and, and they were young 20 somethings. Um, I know at that age, I wasn't thinking about retirement. And so if we can get them um, by by default or, you know, through some auto enrollment, saving for retirement at a very early age, then it's going to build, you know, those positive behaviors and it's going to reinforce those positive behaviors when they see that account accumulate, um, you know, value over time then you know they they want that to continue there's something rewarding about logging into an account and seeing it get bigger and bigger and bigger over time and that's a great behavior that we want everyone to have i believe every employer employee every worker should know exactly where all of their money is going to the social yes. security taxes all of that so hopefully they are getting online and and looking where all of it is going mm-hmm. but what you just mentioned is this is getting the employer involved in, look, we're just going to take the money out whether the worker agrees to this or not at the beginning. I mean, I know they have the option yes. to opt out, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're first hired on, there's so much paperwork, there's there training is. on the job. And sometimes that piece about, and by the way, we're going to take out this money and just put it into a retirement fund for you kind of mm-hmm. goes over their heads a little bit, not on purpose, but it's just so much. Yeah. So how many employers do you know are are doing this? They just go, we're taking money out, whether you want to or not, until you tell us otherwise. So right now, the vast majority of plans that we set up on our platform um, have this feature of auto enrollment. So our focus at 401Go is predominantly the small business. Um, whereas most of the industry is focused on larger employers with several hundred employees. Uh, And what we find is that with those smaller businesses, there's generally 
they're not looking at this as, as human resources. They view the, the team that they work with as family in many ways. And so they want to help them save. They want to encourage those positive behaviors. And so most of them are turning on auto enrollment. And it is, it's something that even the, the government is getting behind because they will offer a $500 tax credit for the first three years um, when an employer sets up a 401k with auto enrollment because they know that they're 15 times more likely to save for retirement if that feature's in there. And so what we're seeing now is, you know, it's over 80% of employers and especially small employers are setting up 401ks with auto enrollment. And as you mentioned, that doesn't mean that these employees have to do it. Uh, for us, the process to unenroll, to say, I don't want anything taken out of my paycheck takes less than two minutes. They can do it from their cell phone. Um, but just that, that fact that you know, they're automatically doing something that we believe is in their best interest, sets them in the right direction, I think. Okay, that's a great place to take a break. When we come back, I want to go into some more of the mistakes that people can make with their 401k. So we'll be right back with Dan Beck. He is the co-founder and CEO of 401go. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life anyway, money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about the mistakes you can make with your 401k. I think one of the big ones is not even having one. Joining me today is Dan Beck. He is the CEO and co-founder of 401go. Dan, in the last segment, you said that the number one mistake people can make is not using a 401k, having their employer match funds. Most of employers will do that. I'm kind of guessing not starting soon enough might be another mistake. Is that uh-huh. true? Yes. And even if it's even if it's a few dollars a month, just getting in that habit, that positive habit of setting aside retirement and really thinking about retirement so that it's something that you're uh, is kind of top of mind. That's important. And so even even if you don't think you can put anything in, you know, do one percent, do a fraction of a percent, do a couple dollars just to start to build that positive habit. Um, and then and then increase it. That's the other th- the other feature too. With a lot of the new four hundred one k's that are being set up with auto enrollment, is they'll have an auto escalation feature built in where it's three percent for the first year, and then the next year it bumps to four, and then it bumps to five. And the reason they do that is because they find that the employees that just basically let auto enrollment happen, um, it's not hard for them to make that one percent a year increase. And pretty soon they're saving, you know, and their employers matching, you know, ten percent, fifteen percent of their income. Um, and for a lot of people, if you try to you know set aside fifteen percent of your income today, it's not going to happen. Right. 
I think starting as young as you possibly can, you touched on this, you know, when you're 20 something, a lot of people are not thinking about retirement. They're like, I've got all the time in the world. But in studies have shown that if you start your first job out of college or even high school, if don't go the higher education route, if you put aside from the age of 20 to 30, a certain amount of money and just let that grow and you don't put any money in after the age of 30, by the time you retire, that will actually have more money in it than if you actually started at age 30 and put money in all the way until you retired. So just 10 years, the first 10 years of your life, if it grows for another 35 years, you're going to earn more money than starting later and putting money in continuously. Yes. And that's, that's always, we, we talk about the number one, like when we're factoring in and use and doing calculations to determine, okay, we're saving this much now, what is that going to be retirement? The biggest factor, as you mentioned, is time horizon. You know, the more time that we have, uh, the, the better the outcomes are going to be and the, and the less we need to put in ourselves. So it's that power of compounding interest. And it's when you hear of a number, you know, 5%, 7%, these, these numbers that seem relatively small, when that's compounded on a regular basis, it, it turns out to be a very significant amount of money. Yeah. And going back really quickly to increasing your the percent that you have come out of your paycheck every year, if you're yeah. fortunate enough to be with an employer or an industry where you actually do get a raise every year, mm-hmm. you're not any worse off if you increase that 401k withdrawal to the amount of the raise that you get. So, you know, exactly. if you get a, a 1% or a 2% raise each year, put in the 1% extra into your 401k, and you're, you're still taking home the same amount of money as you were before. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's a kind of an interesting uh, concept that we've, we've thought a lot about. So a, a lot of um, what goes into the way that we build our platform and the way that we do plan design for these 401ks is what's the outcome going to be? And does this increase and or create a positive outcome for that saver? And you kind of hit on one that oftentimes when an employee um, is hiring on with a new employer, there's a, uh, you know, there's a a salary increase with that. Um, They're getting more compensation. And with those employees, if you survey them on day one, hey, you're making $10,000 more a year, $5,000 more a year, how much of that, you know, from a percentage standpoint, would you like to put towards retirement? The number's always you know, it's fairly high. Some say 50%, some say more. Um, But then if they have three months until they become eligible to participate in the 401k, then unfortunately that, that, you know, 10, 50% um, now ends up becoming just a a few percent because that with that increased paycheck, they also increase their, um, you know, their expenses. And so, you know, if there's a way to, and and this is where I think IRAs and, and HSAs and other investment vehicles um, are a, a great tool uh, for everyone to have is, you know, if you are between, um, you know, employment or you aren't eligible for a 401k or your employer simply doesn't have one, having an IRA can be huge and all of them have some way of automatically coming out of your paycheck or uh, your bank account. And, and so it's certainly something that everybody should have. So in this instance, if I understood that correctly, let's say I change jobs And like you said, I have to wait three months before my retirement benefits kick in. Yes. If I don't want to get complacent about how much I'm going to put in there, 
if I was putting 10 or 15% in at my old job, I should take that 15% of my new salary and put it into an IRA until my work retirement benefits kick in, that 401k. And then I can yep. shift things around if I need to at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the nice thing about a 401k is it doesn't, um, th- there are some limits to, you know, Roth IRA and IRA contribution limits that are based on whether you have access to a 401k. But if you're in that period where you're not eligible, um, that benefit hasn't kicked in yet, then you certainly meet those criteria. So you can be contributing up to $6,000 into an IRA. Um, and so that is a great place to, you know, put investments um, when you don't have, and that way you're just, like you said, you don't, you don't become complacent uh, with, you know, kind of a not saving for retirement. Um, and, and I've always felt even, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of personal finance uh, education growing up, um, unfortunately, but I took a personal finance class in college and that was really my first experience to, um, you know, a lot of this like retirement and saving for retirement. And I remember an advisor coming in and saying, if you get nothing out of this class, start saving today for retirement. And I was, you know, probably 22 at the time. And I'm like, well, I'm like eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I've got student loans and everything, but I figured out how to save $20 a month. Um, and I never stopped. And, and, you know, today my retirement accounts are, you know, they're, they're quite substantial. Um, and so it's just that getting into that positive habit. I think that's the hardest thing for most people. And that's where having something like an IRA or someplace where you can make sure that you're reinforcing that habit in a time where, you know, you don't have access to a 401k. Um, it's important um, so that you don't ever go, you know, a few months without saving for retirement. And if you have to reduce it to a, a few dollars, then do that. Just just having that regular um, you know contribution coming out of your bank account or your paycheck, uh, it's a healthy thing. We need to take one more break. When we come back, I want to go over. I'm sure there's a lot of mistakes we can make, but I definitely want to go over one that I have experienced. I was, it was bad. <laughs> we'll be right <laughs> back with Dan Beck. He is the co-founder and CEO of 401 Go. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about mistakes you could be making with your 401k. And joining me today is Dan Beck. He is the co-founder and CEO of 401go. So Dan, we talked about not actually having one and letting your employer match funds that you could be putting in there. And we also talked about not starting early enough in your career with a 401k. I started early enough, man, the very first job I had that offered that man, I was all over it. And then, I love that. but I switched industries. I had been in the airline industry for 10 years and just after the 10 years was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like the people screaming at me and the flight cancellation, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. So I switched careers And during that time, as I was learning about broadcasting and getting training, I just let my 401k just sit. It was nothing was going into it anymore. I didn't roll it over. And it took about, I don't know, five years before I went, oh, yeah, I have this old 401k. I don't know. What do I do with it? Finally rolled it over, but I missed out on five years of growth. The thing that's so frustrating is, I knew better, but I was lazy and I just like, uh, 
Yes, and that's something that unfortunately we see all too often, um, or, or some of the time when somebody, you know, let's say getting close to retirement, they meet with a financial advisor. One of the first things that advisor is going to do is hunt for 401k plans. And with people changing jobs on average about every three years, um, they can end up accumulating quite a few different, uh, you know, 401k um, savings accounts. And what a lot of people don't realize is that once um, they leave that employer, they can leave their assets there. The employer still has some fiduciary responsibility to those assets. But also, you know, and depending on the rules of the plan, the employer can, uh, if, the, if the amount's small enough, they can actually force them out into an IRA or something of that nature. And oftentimes when something like that happens, because it was, you know, a passive action, meaning the, the saver didn't go in and say, this is what I want done with it that money will sit in cash and in cash, it might be accumulating a fraction of a, of a you know, percent of, of interest, but oftentimes the fees that are associated with these accounts that are kind of holding, you know, 401ks that are stuck in limbo, um, the, the fees can sometimes be higher than the interest. And so those accounts can actually dwindle. Uh, yeah, and so if, kind of what happened to mine. Oh, that's, and that's <laughs> the, and the, the other thing too, is that's the other shocking thing for me is, you know, it's, it's something high. I don't remember the exact uh, statistic, but it's over 70% of um, employers and employees don't, don't really even understand that there's fees associated with the 401k. So the employer is bearing some portion of those costs, but in many cases, the fees that that uh, employee has associated with that 401k, they can be pretty high upwards of 2%, um, you know, on an annual basis. Uh, so if you've got, uh, you know, a, a significant amount in there, 2% can, can add up. Whereas if you were to roll it over into an IRA or into your new employer's 401k, um, number one, you can place that investment someplace like a target date fund or someplace where it's going to grow and it's not going to sit in cash, but then also you're, you're more aware of those fees. Uh, and you know, you're keeping it all in one place rather than having 15 accounts. Yeah. I didn't know about the fees. I knew about my 401k and I, and every few months it'd be like, oh yeah, I should roll that over. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, but I got to fill out paperwork and I got, you know, and mm -hmm. I was just, I was lazy and just not great with understanding all of that money back in the day. So I just let it sit there. And I finally, after five years went, okay, fine, I'll just roll it over. And then I look mm -hmm. at it and I'm like, oh, I've lost, like I'd lost quite a bit of money because of the fees. And that's when yeah. I discovered that. And so from, from then on, I'm like, I am anal retentive about all of my <laughs> accounts <laughs> and I don't let anything go past me now, hopefully. No, I love that. And I think really the, the, I'd say the biggest problem with 401ks, you know, being on, you know, kind of in the industry is they're too passive. Um, you know, a lot of times during kind of that enrollment period, as, as you mentioned, when you're hiring on a new place, you're thinking of a lot of things. It's a new job, new responsibility, and you've got to pick a health plan. You've got to, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into selecting your benefits. Um, and so oftentimes you're, you're filling out a form saying, yes, I want to be in the 401k and you tick a box to be in, let's say, you know, a target date fund or something like that. Um, and then you forget about it. Uh, it's, you know, I would recommend at least on an annual basis going in and looking at those accounts and they're not designed to be day traded or anything like that. Um, they're there, you know, it's kind of the slow and steady wins the race, uh, you know, type approach. Um, but it's always in the, the saver's best interest 
to be as active as they possibly can. Look at it. How is it performing? Try to find out what the fees are. Um, now, un- unfortunately, employees don't have a lot of say in the, the 401k that they're involved with. Um, and so that's where you might not have a lot of control over those fees in the 401k. But when you do change employment, um, by all means, understand what those fees are and determine if it's going to be uh, less expensive to roll that 401k into an IRA or to you know your new employer's 401k if they offer one. We are just about out of time, but let's wrap up with tell us again what you feel are some of the biggest mistakes people are making with their 401ks. Yep. Number one, if your employer offers a 401k, by all means, use it, especially if they're doing a match, because that's that's money just being left on the table. Um, and then number two is, uh, you know, not not utilizing um, the or, or, or not being active enough in the 401k. So uh, not putting just as we mentioned, not putting um, anything in. I think that's that's the, the biggest issue. So if you're 20 and your employer offers one and you think, oh, I'm only going to be here for a few months, this is kind of a temporary job, still still use it. Um, so, uh, and, and even if there's not a match, just get into that habit as early as you possibly can of, of even just a few bucks a month if necessary. And then lastly, uh, you know, know where your money's invested and make sure that it's it's growing over time and not diminishing with, with fees or anything of that nature. Now, can individuals come to you or you only work with employers? So right now we only work with employers, but because we are so passionate about retirement, we feel IRAs are an important tool. And, you know, next year we will have an IRA solution. So individuals can come and utilize our services. And where would they go? Or do we not have that set up yet that people could find you? IRAgo.com is uh, where they could find us. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.